Hey kids, it's the Britnola Show, where you'll see that your mom's a holy moly. You won't learn anything except moaning on your neighbor's ring. That's what you get when you listen to What the Brit. You'll realize that we're all just pieces of shit. Too blind with poopy rats on his ass. Me, why I'm so high? Drop the pants and show off your big giant ballroom. Use it the place where we can all play together forever and ever. Here is Brit sitting on the beat. Since the dawn of the 2016 elections, we've heard an overwhelming amount of moaning from the general public about fake news. We all knew it existed, but it wasn't so popular to scream out about until Trump ran for president. I think back to the stories about the pink slime that was being processed into McDonald's chicken nuggets. Ugh. Or during the Gulf War, where there was this testimony by the daughter of a Kuwaiti U.S. ambassador which led to the spreading of the news that there was these Iraqi soldiers that were removing babies from incubators and just leaving them there to die. This gut-wrenching testimony is what prompted the U.S. to actually go into Kuwait and help them fight against the Iraqi invasion. And it's also the reason why my dad didn't exist for the first couple years of my life. He was deployed in Kuwait, and he missed a lot of those little milestones, you know, me walking and learning to talk. You know, no big deal, just all on the precipice of a lie because that actually never happened. It was all just hearsay. According to Philip Knightley, a British war journalist, the first casualty of war is actually the truth. We must be skeptical, because some disgusting tactics can be used to get us ready for battle. After all, who wants to give a Nazi the time of day to explain themselves? So here's the thing. I've been keeping something kind of secret for the last couple years, and... I'm starting to feel safe about talking about it. I'm thinking that I might be kind of in the clear to say my side of the story. And I'm pretty sure no matter what I say, the history books are going to be wrote down inaccurately. That all of these people were ready to burn the world to the ground. You see, I went to D.C. to visit some friends from college to celebrate New Year's. And I had about a week planned out. This was during the, the January 6th Capitol riot time period. But to me, it was just a vacation. But since I was in D.C., me and my friends, we thought it would be pretty interesting to observe some of the modern heterics in action, and we went out in the streets near the Capitol. It was pretty busy, but what we found was a bunch of old tacky white people wearing silly hats, you know, the kind you'd buy overpriced at a carnival. The streets were plagued with patriotic colors. Old, soulful church hymns were being sung like, Glory! Glory to the Lord! And I could have sworn that it might have been the 4th of July, but it was freezing. It was like 40 degrees. And I heard some occasional chatter about, we got to be out of here by 5 p.m. curfew. And uh, we need to set a good example for these unions. You know, they don't know how to follow the rules. Law and order, law and order. And I'm just kind of laughing because it reminds me exactly of my grandpa, who was not there that day. So a few hours into the day, I find myself being ushered into the Capitol. And I thought to myself, when in Rome? And I look at it as an opportunity to get a free tour. The Capitol Police held the doors open for me and the rest of the crowd. And I thought, yeah, this is pretty cool. I mean, I I didn't expect this to be what was happening today. So I gave the Capitol Police a salute, similarly to the people that I was trailing behind. You know, I I wanted to blend in. I already wasn't quite wearing the right clothes, but, you know, I didn't really stick out too much. And I saw a bunch of boring shit. Some tacky monuments. There's some beautiful paintings that I will never appreciate. It just looked like kind of a study hall. Something that really just didn't stand out for my taste of art. So I was glad that I didn't have to pay an entrance fee or make a reservation 
and to be honest, we were packed like sardines. Like, everybody was going in, and nobody was stopping us. But it didn't feel, like, violent or unsafe. You know, it wasn't like the World Festival. You know, nobody was getting trampled. It was just, you know, a bunch of old people walking, squished together. No Black Friday. And it was at a snail's pace. I didn't see anything climactic. But around that 5 p.m. curfew, I head home. But when I returned to my friend's house that evening, I was surprised to hear that there was all this violence that was said to have occurred. I saw photoshopped images of war zones with, like, UFOs and a bunch of sci-fi stuff. Like, we were releasing Area 51 top secrets and everyone had guns out. You know, there was this weird guy with, like, horns on his head that just seemed like he was at the wrong party. But other than that, it was, like, mostly old people. And everything that I was reading about, it didn't feel like the place that I just came from. I mean, people actually believe this stuff? Well... I guess they do. In the following days, I learned about five people who died as a result of the violence that occurred in the Capitol that day. Only one of them actually seemed legitimate, but who am I to say? That victim? Her name was Ashley Babbitt. She was this 35-year-old Air Force veteran from San Diego, California. She had been shot by Capitol Police fatally while attempting to enter a restricted area. This won't be considered as police brutality, right? Another victim, victim number two, Kevin Greeson. He was 55 and from Athens, Alabama, and he had a heart attack during the protest. Later, he was pronounced dead in the hospital. In a statement from his family, they said, Kevin had a history of high blood pressure, and in the midst of the excitement, he suffered a heart attack. As simple as that, right? Like, this stuff happens all the time. Or there was victim number three, Benjamin Phillips, a 50-year-old man from Ringtown, Pennsylvania. He died of a stroke sometime after the protest. He was said to be this upbeat Trump lover who's now probably rolling over in his grave knowing he's being used as a number in the death count that goes against his almighty hero. Victim number four, Roseanne Boyland, not to be confused with Roseanne Barr. She was a 34-year-old woman from Kennesaw, Georgia. She died after the protest, but it was said to be because of medical issues sustained during the protest. This girl overdosed from some kind of amphetamine. Can you really blame that on what happened at the Capitol that day? Or was this just bound to happen? Number five, and, and lastly, Brian Sicknick. Isn't that last name, Sicknick, a tell? Like he was volunteered as tribute for this particular moment in time. Sicknick was one of the Capitol Police officers. He was 42 years old and from South River, New Jersey. Confusingly, he is still included in the death count, despite Washington, D.C.'s chief medical examiner ruling his death to be of natural causes. I guess because he was at the Capitol that day and he died right after. That's just enough to just go ahead and include him in, you know, why don't you? So, aside from Ashley Babbitt getting shot by the Capitol Police, there wasn't actually any violence that led to somebody dying. But that's not what the public is being told without having to scrape through all the information. You know, this isn't what's getting reported on general news. So, I'm now speaking about my uneventful time there in a defensive manner. Also, how bad of a riot could it have really been if they were still able to finish certifying the election results that same night? I don't support Trump by any means. I didn't even vote in the 2020 election. However, I'm not suggesting that there wasn't any kind of election meddling. I think that's just like the nature of any election. Like it must happen regardless. Like, you know, in any election, there's got to be some kind of how do we guarantee the win? But there's this electoral college. So, you know, even if some of the popular votes got changed, it's not like the public opinion really has that large of an impact. I mean, I don't even care. It sucks kind of seeing history be wrote wrong and everyone just kind of going along with it. So happy two years to the largest treason event that will go down in history that never happened. And happy 2023. May all your dreams come true.